Aren't you thankful for youth who are willing to go and, and serve in a variety of ways? Um, that's exciting for sure. All right. <clears throat> uh, join me in prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much for <clears throat> this morning that we can gather together. Thank you for fellowship we have one with each other this morning. I pray that we would be an encouragement to each other. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts right now. <clears throat> we are going to be looking at a, a topic that can be um, discouraging, sad, difficult, hard. I just pray that you would, by your spirit, minister to us in this moment. And I'm trusting that you will. In the name of Jesus, I pray and ask these things. Amen. Have you ever felt lonely? Sure you have. How could you not? Um, as, as human beings, we all have times where we feel lonely. I'm curious, if you do, how often do you feel lonely? And, and can you figure out any kind of patterns? Are there certain seasons where you struggle with loneliness more? There are certain times of the day where you struggle with loneliness more. We can be surrounded by people as we are today and yet still feel lonely. Meaning that just because we're with people, that doesn't mean we don't feel lonely. That the solution is not just simply go be with more people. Because I can be with people and yet still feel lonely. Last four weeks, we have been going through this series, one word. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the words that we have looked at so far, we're looking at 10 words this summer, by the way. The words that we have looked at so far have been more positive in nature. Um, you know, words like communion, communion with God that we can have. Assurance, assurance of salvation. Words like fellowship, fellowship that we have with one another. And last week, looking at baptism, a declaration of I am identified with Jesus. The, these are words that convey something very positive, aren't they? But not so with loneliness. There's nothing positive in that word. I was considering in this, this word, I thought, do we even, do I go here? After four weeks of positive, positive, do I go here? And next week, we're going to look at anxiety, uh, another word that has a negative connotation. But you know what? The truth is, just because I'm a believer in Jesus doesn't mean that my life has been made all easy. It doesn't mean that I don't encounter difficulty. There are, there are times where I extre experience extreme difficulty. And if there is even part of you in hearing from the last four weeks, this is really nice, but there is something within me that is just saddened. And yet you're saying, I'm a believer in Jesus. I understand this. I understand that he died for my sin. I've placed my faith in him. I've received him into my life. And yet there is just something that 
is saddened within me. Well, thank you for your honesty if that is you. I want us to look at loneliness today. So by definition, from Webster's, loneliness, I'm going to put up four parts here. Um, First off, loneliness is simply, by definition, the state of being lonely. So I'm going to look at lonely. What does it mean to be lonely? Lonely is being without company. Lonely is being cut off from others. Lonely is not frequented by human beings. Lonely is sad from being alone. This is Webster's definition. But to a great degree, based on what Webster is saying here, if I am just simply with others, I, that's my solution. But I am saying this morning that I can be in the presence of other people and I can still be lonely. And so this definition is technically correct, but I don't think it goes deep enough. Are we connected? Are we as a society connected? I'm going to give some stats this morning. I don't want to lose you. I'm going to give a lot of stats. These stats come from Forbes. May 21st, 2018. Just slightly over a year. And actually over this last year, I'm actually curious how much more connected we have become. These are global stats. Are we connected? More than half of web searches are by phone. Got a phone? More than half of the web searches that are made globally are by your phone, in the palm of your hand. 3.7 billion humans use the internet. That is nearly half of the world's population. World's population right now, 7.7 billion people. We are growing rapidly. I remember as a kid when we were 6 billion. Google processes more than 40,000 searches every second. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Every second, 40,000 searches on Google. Now, I understand that's not the only search engine. So there are other search engines. That's just the main one that people use. Total, there are actually 5 billion searches every day. Are we connected? You determine. Snapchat. Snapchat users share 527,760 photos every minute. Every minute. Now, I know that many of you in this room are not on Snapchat Many of you are on Snapchat. Some of you are the contributors of that. I am personally not on Snapchat. But 527,000 photos every minute. Users watch 4,156,600 YouTube videos every minute. Every minute worldwide, more than 4 million YouTube videos are being watched. 456,000 tweets are sent on Twitter every minute. Every minute. That's a lot of tweets. And Instagram users post 
46,740 photos every minute. Are we connected? How about this? We haven't even looked at the Facebook giant yet. And uh, Facebook still is the giant. I know over the last decade there's been talk about, is Facebook, did it run its course? Is it done? Facebook is still the giant. Two Two billion users worldwide right now. Well, that's as of a year ago. My clicker is not working. It's been a while since it hasn't been working. It hasn't been, it's been nice. I can try this again here. Or I can double click it. I'll try double clicking. If not, I'll have to have Elise go through. That's not the right one. Nope. Uh, let's see here. Stop over here. There we go. Okay, back to Facebook. You ready for Facebook, our giant? Uh, Two billion users. There are 1.5 billion Facebook users daily, meaning those who have Facebook are going on daily. 1.5 billion people. More than 300 million photos get uploaded per day on Facebook. Every minute there are 510,000 comments posted. That's every minute. And 293,000 statuses updated. Are we connected? How about this? Every minute, 16 million text messages are sent. Every minute, 16 million text messages going out. 156 million emails are sent every single minute. Nearly half the world's population is connected by email. And 154,200 calls made on Skype each minute. Are we connected? It's interesting, despite these stats, on which would lead us to believe that we are more connected than we've ever been, and we are in so many ways, yet there are studies that are being done that, that, that show us We are lonelier as people than we have ever been. We are growing in loneliness. We are connecting ourselves through social media, through the internet. And, And please hear me. I am not griping or complaining about these platforms I go on Facebook nearly every day. I go on Instagram nearly every day. I use the web every day, multiple times. I'm thankful for it. I send text messages all the time. I am in no way complaining. But with all of this data, we need to understand that we are becoming people who are lonely because this Connectivity through social media platforms gives us a false sense of being connected. 
We are made for this interaction, face-to-face interaction. We are made for this interaction right here. Well, this morning, I want to take a look at four passages of Scripture. And I invite you to to look at these with me. Um, If you would, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 31. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the pew rack in front of you. Uh, My apologies, I did not actually look to see what page number it is on, but Deuteronomy, near the front of the Bible, Deuteronomy, I'd like to look at verses 1 through 8 this morning. Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 8. This is what it says. Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. Here's what he said, verse 2. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all I have commanded you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Stop there really quick. This is Moses. He tells us his age. He says, I'm 120 years old. Can you imagine that? I'd like to see that. 120 years old. And he's saying, I can't lead you anymore. I don't think he's just saying that simply because of his age. And by the way, I'm not making fun of his age. Um, We are told... um, Earlier in this book, or a bit later, no, a bit later, Deuteronomy 34, verse 7, we are told that Moses' eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone at the time of his death. His eyes were not weak, his strength wasn't gone. This was quite the leader. But because of unbelief, he was not able to go into the land of Canaan. And so Moses is saying to all of Israel, he says, hey, You have a land promised to you. And he's addressing the people. And and he says, says, I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. Why would he tell them to be strong and courageous? I think it's because they probably felt weak, timid, perhaps incapable what, what we are supposed to do is too big for us. Now, this, they, they were big. They were a couple million people at this point. And yet, they knew that they were going into territory where people did not like them. 
And, and yet they had this promise of this is our land. We're supposed to go and take possession of this land. And God is saying that he will be with us. I think that Moses is saying, I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. Why? Because on your own, you know you're not. You know you're not. So I'm telling you, I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. He says, don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I am. Because I'm afraid. Because I'm terrified. What I'm about to do. And Moses is saying, no, nation of Israel, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. And why can Moses say that? Because the Lord will be with you. The Lord is with you. He is not going to leave you. He is not going to forsake you. This is why you don't have to be afraid. This is why you don't have to be terrified. This is why you can be strong and courageous. Because the Lord God is with you. Now look at verse 7. He's with the nation of Israel, but now Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all Israel, can you picture it? The nation of Israel, and now saying to Joshua, Joshua, come here. I have something for you, but I want not only you to hear this, I want them to hear it too. He said to Joshua, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Joshua, the Lord is with you. As you go, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord is with you. Joshua needed to hear these words. Take your Bible. Turn over to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. And before I read this verse, just really kind of just context here. And this isn't context just simply for Isaiah 41, but for all of Isaiah. This is a book of doom and gloom. This, this is not a book that you just pick up and enjoy reading because it's just so encouraging. Yes, there are many encouraging times here. There's also a lot of... There is a lot in this book of, okay, Assyria is going to come and, and, and capture you. Babylon is going to come and capture you. And yet there is this prophetic word of, in the midst of this, you're going to be okay. And, and Israel, they had been warned. God told them, follow me. As you follow me, as you honor me, I will take care of you. But if you do not follow me, then look out. It's not going to be pretty. 
And, and in the midst of this, Israel is really going through the not pretty part. And yet in the midst of all of this, all of the rebellion of Israel, look at verse 10 of chapter 41. Actually, let me begin um, in verse 8. But you, O Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth. From its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't be afraid. Why? Why don't be afraid? Because I'm with you. I uphold you, God says, with my righteous right hand. I've got you here. And I'm not going to let you go. I've got you. Don't be afraid. This, this is amazing because in the midst of all of the rebellion that Israel had gone through, God is saying, I want you to know I'm with you. I haven't left you. I am with you. I have called you. I have chosen you. Now, don't be afraid because I am with you. I am with you in this moment. Matthew, turn to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 28. We looked at this passage last week in light of baptism. But I want to look at it this week. From a different lens. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. This is Jesus speaking. Some of Jesus' final words here. Jesus says, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, I am always with you. I'm always there. I will be with you until the end of the age. Yes, I want you to disciple. Yes, I want you to baptize. Yes, I want you to teach people. As you do this, I want you to remember a foundational truth, and it's this. I'm always with you. No matter where you go, I am with you. One more passage. Hebrews, towards the back of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Those are, those are good words, aren't they? We need to remember this. But in light of this, I want you to keep your lives free from the love of money. And I want you to be content with what you have. Why? All of this? Because, and now there is this quote from 1,500 years earlier. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. We just read this. 
But 1,500 years later, writing, I want to remind you of something that has been spoken before. God has told you this, and I'm telling you this again. I want you to catch this. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. God's saying, I want you to remember this. I am with you. I am with you wherever you go. I am there. No matter how you feel, I am there. My presence is with you. And then I love verse 6. So we say with confidence, because of this, because the Lord is always with me, I can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? Lord is my helper. <clears throat> Here's what I want you to hear this morning. When we think about the word loneliness, we have a tendency of thinking, well, the solution is people. Now, I need to be careful here as your pastor. Some of you, when you get lonely, you need more people. Many of us, on the other hand, when we experience loneliness, we have a tendency of looking to people to be the ultimate solution. And that doesn't work. What we end up doing is we put far more weight on people than they were ever intended to carry. You see, people cannot help me here. God can. And God does. And that is what I want you to hear today. From cover to cover, God affirms to his people, I am with you. And when I feel this word, that's the reminder that I need. Now, perhaps I need to busy myself with people, find ways to serve people. I don't, I don't want to belittle that. God has made us relational. I understand that. I'm thankful for that. But if I try to find my satisfaction in people, I will wear myself and others out. But God cannot be worn out. God is there. And he is the one, when I feel lonely, he is the one that I turn to. Is he the one that you turn to? I don't understand loneliness. I have been lonely before. I, I have had times in my life where I have honestly, my heart has broken and I have cried out to God. 
And I would say they were lonely times. I, the picture I get is I have had times where I have woken up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning and I have made my pillow wet because of tears. And I have thought, God, what are you doing? And I don't always understand it in the moment. But I look back and I say, God, in that moment, you were there. You were with me. And I can affirm that. God, you're with me. You are here and I am telling you, church family, he is with you as well. He is with you. I believe this this is in agreement with verses like this. Psalm 25, verse 16. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Who is the psalmist talking to? He's talking to God. God, I am lonely and I am afflicted. And who does he turn to? He turns to the Lord God. God, I need you. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. We will look at this verse again next week in light of anxiety. But it's not just anxiety. If I am feeling lonely, I can come to you. I can cast this upon you. Lord, I am feeling lonely. I'm saddened. My heart is saddened. Lord, I come to you. And the Lord cares for us. Psalm 147, verse 3. God is the one who heals the brokenhearted, and he is the one who binds up their wounds. God does this. God God heals the brokenhearted. He does this. Is your heart broken by loneliness? I don't know what you're going through. You know exactly what you're going through. I have an idea of what some of you are going through. I want you to hear it loud and clear. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. I am not here today to try to say, here's the plan A, B, and C. I am saying in the midst of this, this raw emotion, which is real, which is okay, It's okay for us as believers to have this. I am here to say, fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus. He's the one who is here. He walks with you. And I, my my prayer is, if you don't sense it now, may you know, because you can say, I know that I have a relationship with the Lord. I am trusting that there will come a day where you will say, I can sense that the Lord had me and he was holding me. I'm safely in the palm of his hand. He's got me. The Lord is with you. May you know that today. And may that bring comfort to your heart. Lord God, I thank you. Thank you that in the midst of pain, loneliness, which as people, we do experience from time to time. Lord, in the midst of that, you are with us. Your word affirms that you are with your people. Lord, we are your children. You love us and you care for us. And you minister, and though we cannot always see the ways that you are ministering, sometimes when time goes by, we look back and we realize, 
Lord, you were ministering in great ways. We give you praise for that. Give us the faith to continue on, to press on, to continue looking to you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask these things. Amen.